Hello and welcome to the very first big episode of Audiobiography, where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. In this episode, Rob and I will talk about a few songs each from everyone's favorite decade, the 1980s. Who's Rob, you might ask? Well, he's my brother and also a music lover, almost on a scale of me. And first things first, Rob, what, what have you been drinking tonight? Well, I'm currently chasing the hop slam that I drank with a um, Highlands Daycation. Uh, always both good choices. I'm drinking the same stuff. Yeah, yeah good so stuff. If you know your beer, you like beer, you know that uh, Hop Slam by Bills from uh, Michigan comes out once a year. It's always a big deal for us around here in Tennessee. Weird. <laughs> but it's a good beer. So, anyway, yeah, so this is our first... Um, duo actually we've done this uh this is the third time i was going to say take three yeah third take. like the little board like we're in hollywood yeah there, but hey we'll get it <laughs> hopefully the third time is the charm i'm still learning this stuff i i guess i kind of explained that in a previous uh intro episode but i think i'm getting it figured out um one of the really funny things after uh, i posted those two was and i heard this from two different people and they are from around here so they're locals, they're Southerners, just like we are, and they were both um, kind of pumped to hear somebody on a podcast that has a Southern, you know, accent. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I haven't heard that from any of my friends up north or out west or, or whatever, but yeah, a couple of people from uh, from around here, they, they were but really... they did probably talk about the Hillbilly podcast and just don't tell you. Well, you know, we, we do have our southern accent i mean we ain't talking like this around here or nothing i mean i ain't i ain't i can do it i, I mean, heard you talk that way boy well no. you know i right 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 next door they talk like this but not here at my house no, we're yeah we're that, <clears throat> we're not gonna do that but yeah if you're not from here you're gonna notice it so we talk a little slower yeah um i have found that on these podcasts i tend to talk a little bit faster that's when you get a microphone in front of you it kind of automatically happens it's kind of like you're doing the uh debate club at school again and you're panicking but yeah. hey yeah well er and everybody hates their voice yeah so. and we'll drink a beer and relax yeah uh, probably the hardest thing um that i've had to figure out and going back and listening to our first two runs and then also listening back to my intro episode and the one that i did where I was telling everybody, I'm sorry that we don't have uh, this episode we're recording now out. Um, uh, I just lost my tra my train of thought there, but uh, I saw it go to it. It like kind of just literally came out the side of your ear. Yeah, I, I guess the main thing is is listening back. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So, and it was especially um, the first couple of episodes you and I tried, and then the first time I tried the intro. Uh, I noticed that every now and then uh, we would fall into this weird, like, hey, zany uh, radio voice. Oh, we turned into Shadow Stevens for a moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to stay away from that. No, I don't want to do that. No. But it was funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, probably, we're never gonna, I'm glad I've not heard it. We're never going to let anybody hear that. No, but that goes into the archives. It's very easy to, uh, like you said, when you get a microphone in front of you to, to, to kind of go that way. So, all right, let's kind of get into this episode a little bit. As I said before, we picked some songs. We picked five each from the 80s. Um, they span from the beginning to the end. And it's just songs that um, have meant something to us or that we love or... Uh, sparks a memory 
And we'll talk a little bit about that stuff. We'll talk about the songs themselves and why we think that they're so great. And uh, first thing I wanted to do, though, was like talk about you know where where Rob and I were in the 80s. And so in 1980, I was 10. No, I was 8. And Robbie was 6. So we were just kids. So we spent you know, most of our youth and all the way through, uh, high school in the eighties. And, um, you know, when we first, you know, started out in that particular decade, we were moving around constantly. Uh, we, uh, lived in, um, a few trailer parks. We put the mobile into mobile home. That was nobody's fault. It was just what happened. And, uh, we, we loved that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. No bad memories. Well, of course, there's bad memories, but lots of good ones, too, and kind of shapes you. That nomadic lifestyle did. Yeah, yeah. So um, being on the move, you know, you're always looking for something to comfort you, make you feel better, and we spend a lot of time outside, you know, constantly uh, making up games just like a lot of kids do. Like, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't have – we had to make up a lot of stuff, and, you know, there was a lot of uh, – weird frisbee games that we made up and i can i can remember uh and this kind of this this kind of goes into the 80s um i can remember this one trailer park that we lived in and it was full of rednecks you know where i'm talking about it was it was in churchill yeah it was the hawkins county one yeah and we were um we were out of place there but we we did make a lot of friends and um we um did play a lot of weird frisbee games because we we didn't have anything else. But well, and none of those other kids had a bunch of money. I think there might have been like one or two of what we thought were rich kids. In but they weren't. Part, but they weren't. That's just because they might have had like one extra cool toy. That yeah, and and sometimes they had hamburgers. They had hamburgers. Sometimes they <laughs> their hamburger surprise actually had hamburger in it. But but one of the things that I remember like distinctly from when we lived there was the song by Rat Wanted Man. And the reason I remember that is because it was the favorite song of this kid that always wanted to fight me. I think his name was Steven. We oh, won't yeah, say last names, no, but No, don't do that. But yeah, I remember it. And yeah, it was we like it was a battle every day. Like every every time I walked out the door and I just thought it was funny that well, it was Streets of Fire Hawkins Hawkins County Trailer Park edition. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that um this guy that who knows what ended up happening to him. He, he may have ended up a wanted man and that's why it's so funny. But, um, yeah, just a, a weird memory there. He was from, on the early path to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what happened to that dude. Hmm. But, um, as the eighties moved along and, and we grew up and we got into high school and, uh, you know, started getting cars and driving and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, music was still a big part of it. You know, it was all about your stereo system and, and, and what you were listening to and all that kind of stuff. And like when we were in high school together, the funniest thing that I can remember was absolutely torturing you every morning on the way to school with the, uh, it was a cassette tape, obviously, cause it's in the car, but of Tone Loke's, uh, Loked After Dark. Uh, there was a particular song that I think I drove you nuts with. Oh, is that one about the homies? Yeah. Now, <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, man, it's six forty-five in the morning. You're already taking me to school way too early, and I'm listening to the homies again. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> once once I graduated high school and you got got your own car, you didn't have to listen to such things anymore. Um, 
but you know just it, it, the 80s were just so great growing up i mean um you know e- even in the trailer park i remember um uh our mom had this friend i think her name was patty and i think her son's name was david and somehow some way somebody had given me and you a one of those all-in-one turntable uh cassette tape radio things and i remember he brought over van halen's 1984 um i'd only heard what was on the radio and of course we had recorded it we from had, radio and onto music cassettes. was disseminated and how we got it and how it got to us and how it became a, a thing or a new wave it's so different yeah. from how it is nowadays it was the original napster i mean somebody yeah. would come over with a record and you would dub it onto a or just a little bootleg recording where they had redubbed a tape and they're like yeah. here man here's a copy you gotta listen to this yeah and we and we never had the good tapes like maxell or memorex it was always those those black tapes with the orange and white on them that you could get like three for 99 yeah, the dollar cents general ones, yeah, yeah yeah and so uh, and you'd record everything that you could on those, and that, that's what we listened to. Um, I do remember we had uh, the Thriller album on on, on uh, vinyl. I think Mom got that one for us. And, of course, Dad did the Columbia House thing, and once every every third month or fourth, because he was included, and there were three of us kids, he would um, he would buy us an al- a, a record. what do you want? Yeah, and I can remember, I think one of the ones that I got was Journey Escape. I think another one was uh, Brian Adams' Reckless. I remember our sister Rachel getting the um, album that Betty, Betty Davis' Eyes by Kim Carnes was on. I don't know the name of the record. What's uh, wild is that he was actually paying Columbia House. I know, I right? To keep it going like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of those. Um, remember you had to tape the penny? Oh, yeah, to yeah. Get, to get your initial eight free, but then they didn't tell you, yeah. we'll send you the uh, selection of the month. Yours for only thirty nine ninety nine. Yes, after I that. remember that, and I never sent them any money ever again except either. for that one penny. And then we we got the collection letters. Yeah, from Ralph Benedetto. Ralph the Benedetto. Columbia House and Leg. So Breaker. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else out there got those collection letters from Ralph Benedetto. But if you did, please give us a shout because it's hilarious. Uh, we loved the name. It was like, oh, Ralph's going to come down here to Tennessee and break mm-hmm. our legs. But, I think he was even from Jersey. I think the letters came from New Jersey. I'm like, I think they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had some records. We didn't have a lot of records. Um, we did a lot of recording off of uh, the radio. Like... Uh, Tons of kids uh, or, or that are now adults, you know. In the 80s, the top 40 was our big thing. It would come on on Saturday. You know, yes. We would be uh, cleaning the trailer. Yeah. Because, hey, we lived in a trailer park, but, man, it was it was the cleanest trailer in the trailer park. Oh, yeah. Mom made us keep it immaculate, and she would let us listen to the— One uh, or the other, she would turn the top 40 on and— Yeah. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Yep. And we, and course, we would Dees. talk while we're doing it. Do you think this one's pushed this one down or what— or do you think we're going to get a third week of this one this week at number one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, oh, oh I remember one time, another memory. Um, uh, our family's very religious. We, we we grew up in church, and it's super religious family. And I remember this one time, um, it was uh, Rock of Ages by Def Leppard was on the charts. And when it came on, I remember our mom freaked out and made us turn it off because it was like mocking the Bible. It was mocking Jesus. And I, I, I guess for a moment, I kind of believed that and and kind of thought oh well maybe i am gonna go to hell i think what got her was the little thing at the beginning you know the gunther gluten 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 she's like that yeah. really sounds like something that's not good right of course the story on that i think is that 
uh, with all the takes, they got tired of saying one, you know, one two, two, three, three four. four. Yeah. And so the, yeah, it was just some nonsense to count the track yes, in to get it through. And it stayed on, and it stayed on the uh, take that took. Yeah. <laughs> and you've done it on stage oh, yeah. a, as we've played that song in the band. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it just, you know, there was just um, so many good, uh, so much great music. I mean, we were listening to, we've mentioned Michael Jackson and, and Van Halen, and I remember one of the records we had was Toto 4. Uh, we might we might be having a song about that later. Uh, people like Duran Duran and Madonna and George Michael and Prince and U2 and all the hair bands and The Cure and Lionel Richie, uh, ACDC, um, MTV, uh, the, uh, the afternoon, influence, yeah. yeah, the, every afternoon we went home for the top 10 video countdown. Um, so much going on. Yeah, um, and we were coming out of the seventies with your yacht rock and your seventies style rock that we were little kids listening to into, you know, this, this, this new wave kind of thing where the eighties, it was changing, you know, it was more about look presentation, your synth and all these, you know, at the time, just kind of, I think being outlandish and a little different, you know, stuff like Lady Gaga has done now trying to be. Right, outlandish, different, new, new wave, whatever you know. Right, and then along with all the music, you had the movies that tied into the music, and you know you had like oh, the yeah. Goonies and um, Breakfast Club, and you had other great movies that necessarily didn't have anything to do with the music, like uh, Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're not going to talk about Return of the Jedi. Screw some Ewoks. Uh huh. That was a terrible movie. I don't care what anybody says. I will take some of the three prequels over that. Well, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's a hot take. Um, yeah, kind of. All these years later, but yeah. You sound like my kids. They'll take those, but that's what they grew up with. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the, the, just the movies and all the culture contributed so much to the music that we were listening to. It was just so awesome. So before we get into our uh, five songs each, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the music from the 80s that influenced us as a band. Um, for those that don't know, Rob and I and our dad... And some of our friends, we've had a band for nearly 15 years now. Um, and a lot of what we do is in, from the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, matter of fact, Robbie's most favorite song is one of the ones that we do in the band. And it's from the 80s. I mean, it's it's a cover. So we're doing a cover of a cover. But he, you you love Moni Moni oh, by gosh, Billy yeah. Idol. I usually, that's I think that's like my ringtone on my phone and when my alarm goes off absolutely not i do not like that song <laughs> uh craig smith if you're listening um moni moni by billy idol is um robbie's honey don't so yeah you're gonna every, craig's gonna know what that means and i'm just gonna leave it there uh craig's let that be a running thing for um his podcast and other people's podcasts and we're just going to leave it there because we'll we'll talk about that again in the future. But yeah, Billy Idol's Money Money is is Robbie's Honey's Don't, or as I call it, Phony Baloney. Oh yeah, that's what's so funny is uh yeah when we're when we're doing a show um just to be clear when we do that song oh, crap, it's one of the that. biggest yeah one of the biggest crowd oh, pops. It's a crowd pop it's huge yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason that my soul survives doing it the, the several hundred times I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge, huge crowd pop, but it's it's pretty lousy. Um, <laughs> I don't like playing it either. Um, yeah, I don't want to sit there and chugga-chugga on, you know, F, B flat and C. It was for, fun the first 30 times. 
Yeah. It, I'm, then after I, that, the last 400 times not as I much. guess maybe it was, but um, moving on from uh, the joke of the joke that is Moni Moni, um, I mean, we've done so much stuff. We, we have done ACDC from the 80s. We have done John Mellencamp from the 80s. We've done uh, Def Leppard. We've done Duran Duran. We've done... Um, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Who else from the eighties? It's 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 so ZZ Top eighties stuff. I mean, yeah, which is their crap. Yeah, um, I'd rather have done some seventies of them, but U um, two. We've done some U two. Uh, so much of what we have done in that band, and a lot of it too, is because of the time that we're in. Um, although I don't I don't know if we're still in eighties nostalgia or not. Um, I don't think that, 80, you know, usually nostalgia is like a 20-year thing. 20 years later, it, it's it's a it's a big, but it, to me it feels like 80s music has been nostalgia since 19, you know, January 1st, 1990. It really kind of has. My kids love the 80s. Mine do too. Um, they, especially um, my daughters, um, maybe not so much the boys. A big part of that is, is our fault with them too. I mean, so. Well, this is true. Yeah, I mean, we've. We've 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 kind of formed them into um, little little millennial '80s people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they still listen to their stuff. Oh yeah, and make us listen to their stuff. Oh yeah, I don't want to listen to their stuff, but I mean, they'll, they'll pop a jewel out every now and then. But usually, it's a lump of coal. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some stuff out there right now that my kids listen to. Um, as long as it's not like something like those Migos dudes that are doing the rap about stir fry. I don't know if you've heard that. No. It's terrible. No. It's basically it's just like it's like a beat and it's like stir fry. You know, it's just over and over. Yeah. Now, get that, off my lawn. That's that Gangnam style guy who started that. It's like you can do something really stupid and get really famous. But, um, yeah, so uh, anything else you want to say about like uh, – about the band and the eighties and and the stuff that we do. I mean, what's no, your it's what's just, your? It's just a, it's just an obvious influence with us. I mean, as far as which for me, not playing an instrument in the band and doing the singing, kind of having to be out front. Which it's usually me and me out front because uh, the way we set our stage up and that way we can kind of drive the show and be in the mics and you know direct the show as we want it to go. But you know, we're it's a big part of it's entertaining. You know, yep. oh, I, I'm not up there thinking, oh, man, I sound so good. I'm such a good singer. It's more of uh, how how do you relay it to the people to make sure they're having a good time? That's right. always kind of been what we're doing. So. Right. And I'm going to ask you a question before I ask you the question. Um, uh, I did want to say something about um, that, you know, being in the band and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's it's been. Um, now, I tell you what we're going to do. I'm not even going to talk about the band. Uh, our one of our next few episodes is going to be uh, you and me and dad and we're going to it's going to all be about the band because it will totally fit what this podcast is is how this music has affected us what we've liked and how it's been a soundtrack to our life and for the last 15 years for for me and you and dad uh, there's been no bigger musical thing for us than the band even though we've not played in a little while, and right. we're trying, trying to, to chart the direction of the band, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, you know. And, yeah, and, 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 and the and, pull between each of us of what we think will work and what will, right, and it, and it, and really the age, you know, there's a big age difference there between us, and right. Well, it's like you know, just like our whole lives, we've been influenced by our parents and their music, and 
anyway, we that's what we're going to do. I'm yeah. not, I do want to ask you one more question about the band, though. I'm putting you on the spot. Don't make me edit this. Just snap, snap answer. What is your favorite eighty song that we do in the band? Go. Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, uh, that's probably going to be my answer, too. So, Next one would probably be, after that would be, probably our Def Leppard stuff. So, Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I take a lot of pride in the Def Leppard stuff. Because nobody else does it. It's well, not easy to do. Right. And it's if you listen to their albums, they're, um, they've got about 5 million tracks. Mm-hmm. And, and about 4 million of those are guitar parts. And there's only two guitars, mm-hmm. me and dad. And I think that what we've done to arrange those songs has always wh- made it work. Whether you love Def Leppard or not, if you know music and you know how music works, um, I think I think people can appreciate, especially musicians, can appreciate trying to pull that off in a live setting, make it sound like the song, and have everybody enjoy it. So I would I would go with Hungry Like the Wolf too, because it's so different. It's such a departure. It was funny after we did that, you know, a few months later, uh, start seeing some of the other local bands doing Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that just happens. We've seen that happen a lot. Um, uh, but speaking of Hungry Like the Wolf, I think I was going to mention this later with one of your songs, but uh, I mentioned Craig Smith. Uh, we, we had a cool little back and forth on Facebook today. If you're out there, Craig, I do like Brian more than you. Sorry. Um but Craig says that it's the most perfect pop song ever, and I I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, it's got I mean, it's got well, it all. It's got we got a list here coming up where I may throw a couple of other things that I could say are perfectly crafted pop. But you know, you get you get to a certain level with some of these songs that have all those basic ingredients, but then they take it to that next level where it kind of becomes almost cultural and. Well, you know, I mean, Hungry Like the Wolf has, um, it's, it's got, it's got the great guitar riff. It's got, it's, it's got the dance thing going on. It's got got the driving drums and the beat, the bongo and, and yes, it's got Nick Rhodes with the sense and, 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 and what he did there. And, uh, it's, it's, it is perfectly crafted. I, I, I can't really disagree with that. Okay. So enough with the band stuff. I just thought that'd be fun for a second, but we will do a, um, we will do one with dad in depth with dad. Yeah. Um, I just want a few things about the five songs, each 10 songs total that I wanted to, uh, kind of get out of the way before, before we uh, start talking about each one. First of all, we made our lists originally without knowing what the other person was going to pick. And, uh, I was bugging Robbie to death about it because I was so sure and afraid that we would, have overlap we didn't it was crazy you were trying to outthink me and i outthought you but then you redoubled back and outthought me again i think's what happened yeah and and another thing about these picks is a lot of them are not necessarily the biggest hit on the album um they are all hits they all i think if i remember correctly they all did chart some of them not as high as others some some were number ones and some weren't um, three of them are from 1982 and two more of them are from 1983. So as we've talked about already, that's from our trailer park years and that our early influence makes a lot of sense because we listened to a lot of music then because there was not much else to do. Um, play with nunchucks or something. That's what we were throwing doing. stars, throwing stars, nunchucks, whatever you get at the flea go, market, go to the flea market, get some weapons. It's like, can we save up and finally get that ninja sword? 
Yeah. Uh, we never got the ninja sword. No, but if we'd had the money, our grandmother would have said, yeah, go ahead and get it. And we never while got, we were buying a gross of, of fireworks that could blow us up. She would let it. She was pretty cool. Yeah. We never got the nunchucks either, but we made some. Oh, yeah. Broom handles and a little bit of chain. Yeah. I mean, so easy. Okay. So um, of, of these 10 songs, I have personally only seen two of them in concert. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I'll go ahead and give it away. Those two were um, Tears for Fears and Guns N' Roses. When I saw Guns N' Roses, I saw them in Nashville with Metallica in 92. I was in college, 92 maybe. Pretty crazy concert. Uh, two different groups of people. Um, but yeah, so, and it's kind of weird that uh, of these 10, uh, we've only seen, and, and, and it happens to just be me, have only seen two of these acts out of all of the concerts that we've been to and and it seems like we might have picked more of the people we've seen live but we didn't well i didn't i did not go to a lot of concerts until recently the last few years i've been really catching up on actually going to actually out to see these kinds of things you know when you're married kids and everything going on you miss a lot of that stuff but we're we're catching up yeah yeah um yeah there there, there are some some good legacy acts out there that are still um making some good music um I mean, the the biggest similarity uh, in these ten songs is the fact that they were top forty. Uh, other than that, it's it's really kind of diverse. I mean, we go from uh, pop to new wave to hard rock into um, super sugar coated pop for one. Or you're gonna, soft rock, whatever you want to call it, yeah. whatever. The- yeah, you're gonna know who the sugary sugar pop is. It's one of mine, of course. Um. Oh, another weird thing is there was one act. It's a, it's a band that shows up twice. And I picked a song and Rob picked a song, totally independent, didn't know, from the same album, two different songs, kind of neat. Um, I, like I said before, I, I was sure that we were going to have to repick some songs because we would have overlap. But this was the only, like, even close to overlap. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's kind of weird that it's this album because it's probably not... I don't know. It's not one that we go to often. So that that's interesting. No, but it's big for the 80s now. Um, the other thing that is super weird about this list is neither of us picked a song that uh, we've covered in our band. I, w- I would have thought we would have done that, but we didn't. It means we need to pick some new songs for the band. Apparently, yeah. Maybe come, coming from this list. So without uh, further ado... Uh, here are our uh, picks, and Rob will go first. So, Rob, what is your first song? My first song is going to be Africa by Toto. That's a good pick. Not a surprise pick, I'm sure. Of course, it's uh, recently had this resurgence, you know, in popular culture and the Weezer remake and being played in Stranger Things, you know. So even my younger children are all about it and know what it is, you know, and have it downloaded onto their phones and I'm hearing it in all its different forms. And you know, that's that one there is one that I would say is kind of a perfectly crafted pop, uh, yacht rock, whatever, wherever you want to throw it in there for them, you know, but oh, I agree. I mean, you got you know, Toto, they were uh, unbelievable musicians, uh, still are, except Bobby Kimball can't sing anymore. 
Oh, no, don't go watch any recent 2018 or 19 Bobby Kimball stuff. It's kind of sad. So. Yeah. So this, yeah, this album uh, was from 82, which would have been like right in the middle of the trailer park years. We and had I that do, album. I do remember we had it. The cool. All red with the little snaky symbol thing on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I loved that album. We listened to it a lot. Um, it also has one of the other. Did it have Hold the Line? Rosanna? Uh, Hold the Line was no it, previous. It, it had, had Rosanna. Rosanna. Which is like really actually the better Toto song all around, but yeah, not but yeah. not the uh, cultural 80s moving forward impact that this song has had, I think. so. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just, I remember this song being, um, I don't know, just it, it made you feel good. It, it 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 it's one of those songs that um it it takes me back to a moment in time. That's 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 kind of what I did in picking these was a moment in time and and it just so happens hey if there's still something relevant or something that's still talked about great. And I'm sure you have some facts you can give me on that song, don't you? As far uh, as yeah, so it, it it was a number one hit in uh yep in '83, uh, even though it was released in '82, it was. Uh, February in 83. That's when it charted. It was a number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, there There aren't many other pop songs, especially from the 80s, that are more well-known. Um, even recently, there's this, uh, I saw this story about this art installation in the Nabib Desert in uh, Africa where they have set up these, um, I don't know, it's probably like some Bluetooth speakers and some sort of, I, you know, iPhone, iPod, you know, like some sort of player, and it's supposed to play endlessly. Africa in, over and over. In the actual African desert. And I have not seen Toto just narrowly missing, and they were in Greenville, and it sold out because it was a small place. Yeah, we were and, supposed to be going. Oh, Sherry man, was going to get us. Such a bummer, yeah. yeah. Sherry was going to get us sold free out. tickets, and, and there were none. Um, yeah, my wife, she's got a hookup that we can get some free tickets to some stuff every now and then. It's kind of cool. Um yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, like we were saying, Bobby Campbell can't sing anymore, but they've got uh, well Joseph Williams. He's been, but he was, he was with, with them, them in the in the eight, late later mid latter part of the eighties, and he's when they had to get rid of Bobby for I don't was it drugs or alcohol or both or that and not being able to really sing anymore. And, yeah, and Joseph Williams, interestingly, his father is John Williams, the guy who makes that killer music for all the Star Wars movies and mm. other movies. Yeah, Raiders yeah. of Lost Ark, you name it, he's done it. Cool. I, I didn't know that. I want to trust you on that one. That's that's a good hey, fact. That's that's a true fact. All right. Um, yeah, I, I do remember seeing, I think it was their 25th anniversary concert. I think it was in Holland or somewhere, and they did a DVD. No, Live from Poland. That's the one you're talking about. No, no, it's not that one. Because um, they're really good in that one. No, this was, this, was, uh, this was with Bobby Campbell, 25th anniversary. Oh yeah, where he's singing over tracks of himself from when he could sing. That—that's what I wondered. Yeah, but it—it it was a good concert. It, well, yeah, because everybody else was still everything sounded again. good. So because they're great musicians. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good pick. I, uh, even though it's worn out, it—it it still doesn't bother me to hear it. Um, this is one that we like to do in karaoke too. Oh yeah, you do Bobby Campbell better than Bobby Campbell now. I do. I'm like, sorry, Bobby. Robbie's got gotcha. you. Robbie Campbell. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. I don't want that Kimball moniker put on my name. That's your new name. Sorry. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start introducing you that way to everybody. That, Absolutely yeah. not. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, man. Anything else more about um, Africa? No, no. It's just like I said. It's a uh, you know, it's a kind of a. It became kind of. It's it's funny that here we are in 2018, 19. It's still a cultural thing that keeps popping up, you know. And of course, we had the Mike Massey cover of it that that made him famous, and 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 that was. I mean, I'll give him some credit. That kind of put it back into everybody's consciousness a few years back, yeah, too. Millions of views later is him and one other guy. They they really. Uh, I will say about Weezer, um, love Weezer. Don't care for their cover. You want to know why? Because, and I said this. I think I said this on my buddy Jeff Harris's uh, Facebook, who who does like a a thing every day where he um, kind of runs down the day in music and it's super in depth. Look him up on Facebook and follow him, Jeff Harris. Good stuff. Anyway. He, he, he said that he didn't care for it. And I replied and I said, yeah, I don't either. Cause it's, it's like lesser musicians, uh, trying to cover Toto and sound like Toto. Uh, they didn't do anything. There's nothing new added to it. There's nothing Weezer about it, which I'm, I'm okay with a one for one cover, but do we really need a one for one cover of Africa? I don't think so. No. Anyway, so just. I just want to throw some negativity into things. Yeah. All right. We'll move along. We'll go to my first one. Uh, so my first one is um, one of my uh, favorite artists. Uh, I'm, this is definitely my favorite song. Well, I can't say that. It's up there, though. It it, it probably is. But I mostly like his 70s stuff. But uh, it's Billy Joel, and the, uh, the song is Pressure. And... Um, I think originally the thing about this song that grabbed me was probably not the song. This is released in 82 as, as was Africa. You know, this was MTV had a video and it had one of the craziest, scariest, most spooky, but awesomely brilliant videos so far on MTV at that point. And the song itself, that, that that synth that oh yeah that, and this this was it was kind of like a almost like a hor- like something you see in a horror movie you know and you're expecting like Boris Karloff to jump out you know and oh yeah so this, Phantom in the Opera or something yeah this was Billy Joel's kind of first um, trip into the the synth driven deal and um, I mean it was eighty two so that's yeah, what, he was trying to stay relevant with what was happening that's what people were doing Paul McCartney was doing the same thing with his um, McCartney two album, um, getting a little experimental, doing some synth stuff, but yeah, it, it is, it's, it's scary. It's like, it's in a minor key and it, it's very chaotic and paranoid. And it's like, it's like urgent. It's like move. It, it, it doesn't stop moving. Even. Well, it's cool how he used the music that way to make you like this, the song pressure, you know, it's, it, it does make you feel kind of like you're under pressure a little bit while you're listening to it. So, Oh yeah, and the video had all the you know that's got like the clockwork orange type stuff in it, and kind of some flashing at you. And, yeah. yeah, it's like and and kind of like some um, yeah people our age are going to remember Poltergeist the movie and 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 how freaky scary it was. And you know, there's there's a part in 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 this video where he's getting pulled down into the carpet in the rug, like oh yeah, it's just to make just to put you in the nervous hospital when you watch it. Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah, and and then um, you know he wakes up in the room filling with with water he's in bed and that was always kind of because back then and even up to now that's like a recurring dream that i have as i wake up in water uh that's that's filling up the room and it seems like that would make me hate this but it's the opposite because it 
it, it, it taps into something with me that, uh, is, is, is already a part of my life. It's, it's, it's got that, it's got that thing where it, it's familiar. Well, that's, it's, the song is about as an adult and a grown up, I mean, in this, just everything that is continually kind of pushing on you. Yeah. You know. And it's, and it's written in the second person, you know, it, he's not talking about himself. It's, it's all you, you, you. And so it's like, he's, he's like projecting. So he's like pushing it on us. And so that makes it even more. No, I think he had, I think he had a master plan when he wrote this song. And oh, I'm, it's composed a, it. And, uh, you say master plan. I say masterpiece. This is a, uh, a, a absolute masterpiece of a song. And it didn't go very high in the charts. It peaked at number 20, but, um, I think, uh, I think it's a great song. Hey, I'd take I'd take a song getting to twenty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would too. I think the other song that charted from Nylon Curtain was Allentown, which was another really cool song. Totally different song too. Totally yeah. different type of song. Yeah, yeah. It was a little. It, it, it sounded a little more like a Billy Joel song. It did. Um, a little more rollicking, like you can be in the bar and put your arm around your buddy and wave back and forth and hold your yeah, beer it's up. Got, yeah, it's got the. You know the the driving piano. Yeah, Yeah, it's a Billy Joel song. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so pressure. (laughs) Oh, one more thing. Now I'm getting nervous. I know. One more thing. One more thing I wanted to say about this. I almost forgot. Um, This is definitely the most metal song that Billy Joel ever did. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it sounds like a metal song. Oh, it had crashes and bum, bum, yeah. Well, on just that that synth part, sounds you know you, you yeah, can that you can could imagine have been some guy over there like from Dragon Force really working it over. On yeah, the you can imagine that on guitar. So all it needed was a double bass thrown in there, and it was metal. So what I did is I went to YouTube, and of course there was there were multiple metal covers. metal covers of this song. If we were a metal band, we would cover it. Oh yeah, it's made to, it's made to be metal. Um, anyway, the, I think the best one I found was from this band called Trip, and that's T R exclamation point P. Yeah. Clever. That was yeah, whatever. Not really. I don't know about clever. Anyway, they they did a pretty good metal version of this song, so I think at this point we'll, if you don't have anything more to say about it, we will move to your next one. Hey, let's move to my next one. Let's do it. Um, so. Uh, this is going to be a Duran Duran song, which we already talked earlier in the podcast about favorite, my favorite 80s song with your band, Hungry Like the Wolf. Same album. Um, you know, and really I could have picked any song from from around this time for them, but I wanted to pick one that, you know, doesn't usually get talked about a lot or anything like that. And, and this one also, I'll never forget, um, it was on the radio one time and me and dad were in the car. And this was when, basically when, around when it came out. And he's like, man, that's, he's like, you know what? That's a really good song. And I never expected to hear dad say anything Duran Duran was doing was good, you know, because he was still living in the 60s and 70s and this was New Wave. But it is Save a and Prayer. They were, they were. Save a Prayer yeah. by Duran Duran. And uh, at that time when I was little, I didn't really even know what the song was about, what he was. All I heard was like that kind of soaring Nick Rhodes, you oh, know, yeah. which Nick Rhodes for me is, other than Simon LeBon, you know, his voice. He really is kind of the sound of Duran Duran and drives that sound with all the really cool synth. And, you know, he's always been at the leading edge of throwing in the voice technology and all the cool breaks and things. And when you hear him live, they still do that. He still does that. You know, he, he kind of makes their show a lot bigger than it would be otherwise, you know. But, um, yeah, this song, it was just really cool. I just loved that 
that turnaround break with the with that synth part in it, you know, and and the melody of the song. And like I said, I could have picked several yeah. to represent Duran Duran for the eighties, but well, of course, this was from Rio. Yeah, huge album. Um, also, nineteen eighty two. Um, what wasn't one of the bigger hits? You know, Rio and of course, Hungry Like, like the Wolf, Wolf were the were, were their big ones. Um, I think that one had what Girls on Film on it. Um, no, that's that's that's, that's previous. Yeah, yeah. No, this was those were the three biggies. Um, it peaked at number sixteen. Um, for a lot of like the die 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 hard Duran Duran fans, the ones that go way beyond even the hits. I, I don't think this is one that really gets a lot of mention, but I agree. I think it's, I think it's a neat song. Again, it's, it's from that same year of the first couple and all of these take me back to when well, I was it's very eighties. I mean, if you listen to it, it's very, I hear that. I'm like, my kids are even like, that is such, sounds so much like the eighties. Even they yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and it's a, it's a pretty song. It's got a, it's got a, uh, it's got a nice vocal in it. Um, you know, it, 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 it goes, you know, it spans the octaves. It goes high to low. I, I feel like Simon LeBon does a good job in this one. Uh, he kind of shows his pipes off. Um, had a weird video. Uh, I mean, we know the songs about one night stands and whatnot. And you know, the, the video was kind of weird. He's like, hanging out with a kid on the beach and stuff uh it wasn't their best video um i mean hungry like the wolf awesome good stuff no it's like indiana jones i always thought hungry like the wolf was kind of like raiders of the lost ark for some reason it's like he's out in the woods looking for something yeah the jungle you know wearing his little safari man outfit on an adventure yeah yeah you could see yourself wanting to be that oh yeah which will come up later but not wrestle this strange painted lady in the woods and get your butt kicked. I'd wrestle her. She well, could, she could whoop my ass. It depends on what kind of wrestling we're talking about here. But <laughs> oh, so that's uh, that's save a prayer. You got any anything more on that one? I'll just end there with the uh, wrestling a painted lady in the woods. Yeah, not even about that song, but still fun to talk about. Okay, so I'm up next. This is um, one of my top three favorite artists probably um this is probably top 10 of my favorite songs ever um it would be a it'd be a desert isle a desert island pick for me both the album or the song with whatever list i'm trying to make um uh it's uh i could never take the place of your man by prince from the sign of the times album um and when I was younger, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I was 15. This was released in 1987. So I was in high school by now. And I'm not quite sure why this song grabbed me then. I just knew that it was one of the coolest songs I'd ever heard. And I think one of the things was by 87, you know, you had Purple Rain in 1984. By Through Purple Rain and and what he had done up until Sign of the Times, we 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 saw like just how great of a guitar player Prince was. And of course, this song has, you know, especially the long version has just two just great guitar solos in it. I mean, it's some of his best work, especially to that point. And 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 he had already done, you know, the epic Purple Rain solo three years earlier. And that's probably a lot of it for me because by now. I was 
I, I really was, I needed the music that I was listening to to be, to be good for the most part. I'm, I'm going to undo that in a couple of picks probably, but you'll, everybody's going to see why, but it was just good music. And, and what's, what's so funny about this song is it was Prince basically showing Bruce Springsteen how to do a Bruce Springsteen song. If you think about this song, just, just the way it's put together, um, the way he sings it, uh, depending on what version you're listening to, the horns and all that, it, it's a Bruce Springsteen song, and it kicks Bruce Springsteen's ass. So you're like picturing a ring, and Prince walks out there in his high heels, lace cuffs, one punch, Bruce goes down. Yeah, it's kind of, of yeah. Bruce is wearing his white shirt with the rolled up sleeves and his torn jeans. Yeah, it's... It, Yes, it's sort of like the Dave Chappelle skit with Prince on the basketball court, except it's a wrestling ring. Yeah, and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and and Bruce just gets it handed to him. Well, yeah, probably Prince comes out, and probably does some smacks and backhands, and dodges oh, it, everything Bruce throws at him. So. It's only smacks. Only smacks. Yeah. Yeah, with Prince, it's Prince only is smacks. Prince like, I got to play the guitar. I'm not going to break a finger. Yeah, he's only smacking. He's like, because I can play the guitar, Bruce, where you can't. Yeah, but his his smacks. That's all he needs. Oh yeah. Because he's Prince. Yeah. Probably punched away with like a really high pitch. Whoo! When he's hitting. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but no, I agree. It, it's in that vein, but much, much more evolved and complete and better. No, it's just it's it's such it's such a good song and and a course, sleeper pick. I didn't see that one coming from you. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess for you or somebody else, it would be for me. It's it's an obvious. There's 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 no way that I'm going to make this kind of list, and this song's not going to be well, on. We don't it. know your mind until you tell us, like that's, you're doing right now. That's true. I do talk a lot about Prince. Um, the other uh, the other thing, um, you know, the video is from the film um, that he did. It's 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 live. It's 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 caught live, sort of with Sign of the Times. Uh, on that, I guess back then it had been on a VCR tape, but uh, Sheila E's there. God, I love her. Um, no, she was always really cool. I love her so much. Uh, I wanted to lead the glamorous line. No doubt. No doubt. But, yeah, it's it's just, um, and again, it, it's it's another song. It, it takes me back to being a sophomore in high school. Um I wasn't driving yet, but you know it was. But uh, you were wearing cardigans and ties to school. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I did go through that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't know who to blame that on. But, but I think you would also get there early to go to Young Republicans Club too, or something. That's why I had to stand outside <laughs> for thirty minutes and be there early because you were my ride. It wasn't the Young Republicans Club, but back then it could have been because. Um, Anyway, we're going to try not to talk too much <laughs> politics on this show. Hey, that but, was all uh, you, bro. Yeah, no. No young Republicans for me. But, um, yep, so I could never take the place of your man. Uh, one last thing. It did. It was a top ten hit. It made it to number ten, uh, even though it's it's probably one of the least thought about or least known um, of his top ten hits from people who are just casual fans. Fans like me. Of, of course, it's a different ball game. Then. Know the song, but this is probably one that you know when when you ask a casual fan, it's going to be way down the list before they name it, if they name it. Um, but it's 
it's one of those songs that I still throw on all the time if I want to feel good. Um, it's pretty great. If you want to thumb your thumb, thumb the eye of Bruce Springsteen. Freaking Bruce. Somebody's going to love the fact that I commented about Bruce on this song. God, the that's way making I did. me wish I'd thrown a Bruce song in my and list of five. There might be another person that that hates that I did it. They know who they are. Okay, so we're going to go to Rob's third song. And it is okay. So this this one's this one would be easy for a lot of people, um, and it sometimes it still shocks me that it was that long ago. When I was making this list, I went and double checked to make sure yes, this was in the eighties, because this band followed me, f- stayed in my life and my mind with my friends and I for the next several years, um, and. At this point, I picked it because this really was the first big song off of that album, which later became to be an album that I can still listen to front to back. And I know by now it's they're kind of tired and it's overdone a little bit and so much has happened since then and you're looking through a lens. That's what I tried to do with the list is look through a lens of then, what it was then. And it's uh, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Of course, it wasn't the first song to drop off the album, but boy, it was the one that lit the rocket under them for sure even though i think for the most part several members of the band didn't even like this song um yeah yeah. the little riff that slash plays he it's it's like a little practice thing that he did Mm -hmm. and then then they made a song out of it yeah Yeah, and and like i said it wasn't the first it was that piece of crap welcome to the jungle yeah i remember when when welcome when that came out and i saw the video i was like who are these jokers yeah i was like yeah what is this but then this one came out and then i was like well, now maybe I need to go down to Cats, CDs, and records and, you know. Good old Cats. And bought Appetite for Destruction. And I'm like. I probably drove you down there. Yeah. Because this was when I had like, gotten so, my driver's license. I'm like, this song is so good. But then, you know, I put it in. I'm like, wow. There's a lot of other really good songs on this album. You know, we, we got the stuff that was bit, went huge and went on the radio, but. The stuff that didn't even make it to the radio was good. But this one I picked, because I'm trying to think of moments in time, being in eighth grade, this song dropping, they start playing it at the school dances, you know. And, you know, they were kind of a hard rock band, and this was the, probably the least hard rock song on there. But, you yeah. know, it was, it be, kind of became canon after that, you know. Yeah, it, we were we were huge fans. I'll call huge. it, call it late eighties. This what, what, when did this, this chart, it had to be in what? 88, 87, 88. It was released in 88. The The album was released in 87. It took a long time for the album. Oh, that, to it took take a while hold. to get traction, but boy, once they did. Yeah. So I was, I, I mean, I was a pretty big fan back then too. And, and through the illusions and saw them in concert. And, um, I, I'm, I'm just probably not as big a fan these days. Like this song, uh, I'm good if I don't hear it ever again. Um, Paradise City, what a piece of crap. Um, Rocket Queen is the best song on the album. I agree, um, and that's one that I can I can still listen to. I don't know. I just think I. It's I think, a pretty frenetic, hard rocking song, though. I think where I am with Guns N' Roses, I think like 20 years of Chinese democracy just it 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 took it out of me, and I just God Axel was such an ass well now he's so strange looking too man yeah faxel um but no then man this song of course it hit number one this the the whole album um it's all we listen to I, i remember watching the new year's eve mtv thing where they would do the uh all day they would do the year countdown 
And we were just sure this would be number one. For the year. And it was. And I don't know. We were excited about that. Kind of a weird thing to be excited about. It just shows how much we love the song. No, it's just because we We were like really. It's like we want our guys to win. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were, yeah. We were rooting for it. We just want our guys to win. Um, Yeah. They were. I mean, there was there was a pretty good contingency even then that hated them. Um, I think our dad probably. I'm pretty sure he hated. Oh no! Them. When he would get in the car with me, and of course, this is I was still playing him later, and he'd be like, "Man, he's like, can you turn this racket down or turn it off?" And I'm like, this, don't this like our, "I'm like, this, Dad, this is rock and roll." Yeah, this is our dad who has been a rock and roll guitar player since he was 15 years old he's the guy who's responsible for my 30 percent hearing loss and i'm like and you don't like this i'm like i've been on a stage the last 15 years with you like blistered in my backside bro come on yeah skid row turn the mains down yeah yeah um i I, think he i think he's changed a little bit now though uh yeah he has I think he can kind of get. But down. back then, it was kind of like get off the lawn, get off my ears, kind of thing for him. Yeah, which is weird because, like in 1988, he wouldn't even have been 40 yet. And I'm almost 50 now. Yeah, I'm like, how <laughs> how how could you be that grumpy about this music then? Yeah. I don't know. It's like that's why I try not to say anything when my kids make me listen to absolute garbage. Well, it's like you're. I'm like, oh yeah, that, I see what you're getting from it. Well, I'm, I'm turning and my then head he call- and trying not to. Then he calls me and mouth. then he calls me and is like, "Can you believe this crap these kids are listening to?" <laughs> get off my lawn yeah yeah it, it's a thing about parents yeah he was grumpy he, he like like i say he was young he was still young he was not he was 38 years old but your parents are always old they've yeah. always been old they'll always you know, right it's like that with we're our looking kids. back on it it's not you can't you can't recreate that when you look no. back because now now we're him we're that so yeah I, i'm not gonna fight you over this pick um, well, you can't. I mean, dude, the, the even, evidence is there. Even though I don't want to ever hear it again, it was something that was constantly, um, we, we constantly had it playing. Where do we go? Don't get mad. Well, <laughs> the thing about this this record was we would get in the car and put the cassette in, and we were we were good. There was no fast-forwarding. There was, you put in side one, and you played it Just through. Let it go. Side two, played it through. You know that that's what you want out of an album, and you know we that's what we did, and it's what we found in this one. It's just you know these we, days we have to keep mm. popping casingles in and out those old cassette singles. Oh you know? God, record bar casingles. Yeah, I spent a small fortune in those for some weird odd reason. Well, well it's it because was, I'm like the rest of the album's crap. Well, it's because we didn't have we didn't have CD players in our car yet or anything, right. so we had to have something good to listen to that was easy. All right, sweet child of mine. Number one, 1988. Anything else? I'm done. All right. Well, where do we go now? <laughs> we go to your next pick. Yeah, my next pick is another one of my absolute favorite bands. Um, I mentioned earlier that I got to see this band live as well. This was this was last, God, no, it's almost two years now. Time surely flies, but it's uh, Tears for Fears, and it's uh, Head Over Heels from Songs from the Big Chair. And this one's from 1985, so I'd have been, I'd have been uh, 13, and I'd been in middle school, eighth grade. Yep, rocking it out at Linview Middle, baby. That would have been eighth grade. Um, I, I absolutely adore this song, and and one of the big reasons, and not to get too sad on this this podcast, but it was released around the time that our grandmother died, and. 
it was just it, it it was a song that I could listen to, and it not that it helped me get over it or anything like that, because it has nothing to do with such a loss. But I don't know. It was uh, kick the can down the road for you. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just one of those that like really stuck with me, made me feel good to hear it. It's it, you know, it's not that it was an upbeat or or anything like that. It's just a it's just a freaking cool song, and and just and tears for fears. They're just freaking cool and music and melodies done the right way they do they do do something to you internally and mentally and yeah which in turn does something physically but especially mentally they can make you they can so make your mind do things good and bad yeah so but uh yeah like i said it came from uh songs from the big chair and it was released in in 85 i I, I didn't put down the month or anything like that but um it peaked at number i know right what's are you okay uh, I don't know. Um, it, it, it peaked at number three, which actually surprised me. I didn't realize that that song had climbed that high. Um, it did go to number three. It was number three because, you know, song from the big chair also had shout and everybody wants to rule the world on it. I think it. those both went to number one, didn't they? They probably did. Cause I, those were the two big boys on that. I could probably look that up at some point, but, um, now those, those are, those start in anyone remotely born before a certain point will immediately start singing those so. yeah i just want to mention the, the the crush i had on the librarian that looked like an elf from lord of the rings yes of course i didn't know that she looked like an elf from lord of the rings well, yeah, until much later hadn't come out yeah. yet but, but looking back but looking back she was yeah she was taking you to a, a mythic place in the woods of the library yeah yeah um the last thing that I'll that I'll say um, is, and it's not necessarily about this song, but the album as a whole. It's one of those albums that it's. I, I don't think it was ever built as concept or anything like that. I don't think it was a concept album, but the the way that they um, put the tracks together for this album, including this song and what comes before it and what comes after it, just the whole thing. It flows better than. You know, it, 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 it at least as good as any any album out there that 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 you see as you know just a great uh, track listing. They it was perfect. It was it was it was as good as it gets. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of another album uh, for me that I love that that's better, and I can't. So Hysteria. I like the way that one flows for me, but yeah. everybody's different. Yeah, I guess that one flowed pretty good. That's I mean, the only one I can listen front to back to. Yeah, I mean they had they had a pretty good producer. But Tears for Fears is a totally different kind of thing, and like I said, not concept, but they were doing stuff that we hadn't heard before. Yeah, they made something new. All right, with that we are on to your fourth pick, Rob. Oh, okay, yeah, this one's kind of my. I guess it's not an oddball for the '80s. No, this is most this is, most most any '80s list should have this song, the, right? Yeah this this song is when you hear it, it it just sounds like '80s. Oh yeah, pure '80s. Um, and just an aside note about this song, you know, I always liked it, and of course, you know, we didn't have like Spotify and Pandora, whatever streaming services where you could just type in "play me '80s songs," whatever. And, you know, that that stuff all came later. But I remember we were getting the band tooled up, starting, hadn't really played a first show yet, didn't know what was going to happen. And we went to watch The Breakfast Club at Capone's. 
and uh, uh, the Breakfast Club uh, band, not the movie. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, just a, they're they're like a like a, a southern eighties tribute band that that travels quite a lot, does a lot. And they did this song, and I remember when they the, when right when they hit, I was like, wow, wow, man, because they did it so good. Of course, they were they were good musicians, and you know, obviously nothing super special, but enough that you know it brought it back. But it's orchestral maneuvers in the dark if you leave, and it's just kind of like a quintessential. 80s song you know and it's of course has the movie ties to the movie that it was yeah, with pretty and pink uh, a john hughes film yeah um yeah so those those run all through the 80s um, yeah, you know has the little key change at the end has the great synth going through it and you know it's just it has it hits checks all the points for me that puts me back to a certain point in time yeah So, somebody just tried to walk in. If you hear a squeak, sorry about that. I saw who it was. I'm not going to rat him out. Who was it? I'm not going to rat him out, man, because you'll... I mean, what time is it? Yeah, was it Ricky? It was Ricky. All right. I'm like, you'll put the screws to him. You're like, messing up my podcast, boy. I'm not even going to cut this out. I'm going to make him listen yes, to it. Yes, make him listen. Let him know that we called him out. All right, so If You Leave by OMD. Uh, yeah, the Pretty in Pink soundtrack released in April of 90, uh, 1986. It peaked at number four. Um, that should have been a number one, man. How was it not with the movie and everything and what was going on? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. It's. Um, I think one of the stories that I read once about it, though, is it was written in under twenty-four hours because uh, I guess they did. Uh, I guess they, they did had another like, song and didn't like it. Well, they had no. The I think John Hughes changed the ending to the movie, and 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 they. Um, you know they they had focus groups or whatever they're called like they had screenings they had they had like just they like, still, like regular still do to this day yeah they had like regular joe's screen it and people didn't like the way that it ended yeah let's, um, let's trust a regular jabroni I'm, and I'm, yeah i'm trying to remember the ending i guess the one that we got he didn't get the girl right ducky didn't get the girl i guess the original ending he did and people were like oh that doesn't make sense or something like that and uh so changing the ending they needed a another song and I think that they were going, leaving to go on tour or something like that. And like, hey, we need a new song. And they just like busted it out in a day. Which became probably their biggest, most famous song ever. I, by far. I don't know of another one. I don't either. Yeah. This one, you know. It, you know what, what happened? They were under pressure. And they did it. <laughs> they pulled it out. Yes, they did. <laughs> nice Water was rising up over their necks and they, they wrote it. Getting yeah, they were getting sucked down into the rug. Yeah, carpet was eating them. So yeah, this 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 is one of those that to me is is pure eighties. Like oh yeah, it's just kind of quintessential. Like back in the nineties when we would go by, remember when you could go by like eighties um, compilation CDs and stuff. Always on those. Always. I don't even know if they make those anymore. They hardly make CDs anymore. I think if you stay up late enough at night and watch certain channels, they still sell those sets. They might. Yeah. It's, it's the Columbia House of today, and I think like an ancient Ralph Benedetto still collects for those people. <laughs> oh, God. I hope Ralph's not listening. Uh, yeah, really. It's uh, probably like Ralph Benedetto Third by uh, now. It's like a family business. You uh, know, they keep that kind of thing in the family. That's all right. Bring it on, Ralph. Bring it. Don't say that, man. What? Hey Ralph, the I'm mob. A, Ralph, I'm going to pay you. The Columbia House wanna, mob is everywhere. I'm going to pay you back with the interest. It's probably like 1.2 mil by now. But yeah. All right. So if you leave, 
That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Hey, it, it speaks for itself as far as the 80s go. All right. My next one. I, I told you a little earlier that there would be some super sugary pop coming later, and this, this one's it. And um, this this song is probably the, the most out of place on the entire list. It's probably the most out of place for... Any yeah, music I know when I saw it. Any music that I any music that I would ever talk about. Um, but when I think about the eighties and I think about high school and I think about this lady, um, let me tell you, I get pretty excited. And I learned something new about my brother. So this one is Forever Your Girl by Paul Abdul and Hey baby. Yeah. Little known fact, she she wrote this for me. Oh, I'm no, we all knew that. Yeah, it was. You say little now, we all knew that. Yeah, it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what am I going to say? I I loved Paul Abdul. Um, this is why you were such a big American Idol guy when yeah, it first this, came out. This was on the, the this was um, that the title track was the name of the album "Forever Your Girl." This was released in uh, February of '89, so I'd have been uh, about to finish up my junior year in high school. And uh, hey, don't yeah. get me wrong. Everybody liked Paula Abdul, and she was as cute as a freaking button. Oh yeah, and and the dancing and the and the Paula, just yeah, yeah. just the whole. Uh, and she was, you know, at that at that point with this album and the next, and 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 then I don't know. She had a couple of two or three albums. Good run there. I mean, she was like a juggernaut, like number one well, hit after number one hit. She took what this really smart apparatus behind her is like we're going to make you huge but she still had to do everything and be paula abdul and she did it yeah i think that's one of those cases of they somebody said we found this we found this really cute awesome girl she's a fantastic dancer professional dancer she sings okay we can give her voice lessons maybe make her a little better but man she's going to be big and she's going to sell it and man she she went out and sold it Yep. And kept selling it. My gosh, she's still making money. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. The I mean, the video was really nothing to write home about. There wasn't a whole lot of really. I, I mean, it cut it, it 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 cut between all these little different groups of kids that were like doing dance auditions and this that and the other thing, and it was in black and white. And 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 I mean, she had much better, like Cold Hard Snake. There's your video, um, or or even in Rush Rush beautiful i mean i don't oh, know she's all dolled up like the 50s oh yeah yeah so you know she was i mean she was kind of my heart i'm drive. like that tells me she would look good in the 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s you whenever know, yeah so like you know at that time it was it was her and jamie gertz they were that you know they were my 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 girls that uh were just the my heart throbs like and you know i know boys don't have heart throbs but he guess what i don't care the, wall, the bedroom i did i did have some paula posters I actually took him to college with me too. Love her, love her so much. But yep, number one song. I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, of course, you know I still love her even after all the American Idol craziness and 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 whatever she may or may not have been taking or drinking um, while <laughs> she was stuff. on camera. All the crazy. I don't care. It was it's Paula, and I loved her and. I watched American Idol just because of her, and I quit watching when she was gone. Um, but then I started again when Katy Perry showed up because she's she's kind of the Paula now for me. I love I love her too. 
I I have no problems with Katy Perry either. Love me some Katy. She's so, a um, tiger. And I'm like, before we go to your next song, I just have just one last thing to say to Paula. Girl, you know I love you. And I always will. <laughs> Rob, what's your next? Actually, this is your last. It's my last. Okay, so I guess I'm going to stick with it because in, in the previous takes, you like put me on the spot and made me punt. But let's not do that because at this point, I'm like, maybe that cursed the previous takes. So I don't even know what you're talking about right now. So this is okay, exciting. Wow. You don't even remember what you made me do. Actually, it was different every time. No. That's my song. What are you talking about? No, you made me pick a different one. Oh, you did? You made me, yeah. You you put me on the spot. But you're going to stay with this one. I was going to stay with it this time because I think that cursed us before. Okay. Oh, I forgot that I did but that. I'll, but I, at the end of talking about this one, I will talk about what you told me and made me do. I will tell you what we'll do um, because I think we'll have enough time. We we'll, we may do a couple really, of really quick honorable mentions. That's yes. what I think will be good. Right. But anyway, this one is The Police. You talked about one... Oh, yours is, oh, okay. I see where we're going here now, how we're ending this. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, one that we actually picked was on the same album. Of course, this was um, ended up, I think, being on like when they had the end of the 80s, end of the decade, top 40. This one was the number one on every list. Oh, it was huge because it it was it, just real fast. It was on the Synchronicity album, released May of, it was released in May of 83, and it uh, hit number one and stayed there for eight weeks. Yeah. Pretty big deal. It's a juggernaut, yeah. Um, stalker anthem, mm-hmm. stalker anthem, but it's uh, the police. Every breath you take, and not that I'm like, oh, this is such an awesome song. I listen to it still this day all the time. But the song comes on, man. And you talk about a transportation back in time, because at that point in time, that that was it, man. It was, it was a, You know, we'd be like, is Man Eater going to knock that off? This, you no. Know, every breath you take, slap Man Eater around. Was you know? it Man Eater at that point? I think it was. But I could be wrong. I wanted hey, to go look that up. I mean, that's just what I seem to remember. I thought they were kind of battling and duking it. I could be totally wrong. But um, that's just like a maybe a false memory. But this song, yeah. Like he said, stalker anthem. But stalker anthem or not, boy, it struck a chord with everybody. There's a reason a song stays that, I guess, number one that long and tops the list for the 80s of that decade. And... I didn't even realize that till I actually went and looked up some stuff about it before I picked it. Because when I think 80s, it just kind of automatically puts me in the trailer, you know? And right. Yeah, this was 83, so this was, you know, we were, we were in the trailer park and, days. Um, the thing that I remember about this song, and um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it, uh, but I won't tell you what it is. My last song is, it, is also from this album. Um, I mean, this album, it was, it was huge. This song was huge. And that summer of 83, um, we, that, that's the only time that we took a complete family vacation with our uncle, aunt and cousins, uh, went to Edisto Island. Remember that's when this song was number one. Uh-huh. And that's, that's one of the reasons why this, this album means so much. And I mean, just a unbelievable album. And it was their swan song. Uh, this was the end they were falling apart well they knew no i mean they knew this was their last one and it was it was over we didn't know that i had no idea that hey this this thing is the internet and stuff back then right i mean i had no idea i was just a kid that you know thought that this this song and king of pain and wrapped around your finger and synchronicity 2 and all this i mean just uh, unbelievable album 
Um, and what is, if you're going to have a swan song, if you're going to have a, your last album, uh, that you're ever recording in the studio, um, go out there. You, or if you're going to set yourself up for a good retirement plant when 15, 20 years yeah. later, you're broke and you're like, we need to get back together and go out and do this stuff again. Hey, there you go. Automatic millions of dollars when yeah. you get it back together. So, yeah, but yeah, this, but. That's Even what, if you still hate each other again 15, 20 years later. That's what I always think about with, with this album and this song in particular. And, yeah, Maneater was a year before. Okay. I looked that up. But I do know that um, I th- around this time, because of that trip, it's like it's like these songs, they take you back into a moment in time. You had this song. This was when Rock of Ages was was still out there on the radio um and um i'm still standing and and i'm i have not looked this up I have, john that that because the reason that i remember That's that crazy. i heard that on the way over here in the car with the, the reason i remember that is because remember we stayed um in a in a house on an inlet at edisto island and we uh, I think Uncle Don bought gear to to go crabbing. Yes, we did. We caught and, the little blue crabs. And us and the cousins were singing "I'm Still Crabbing" <laughs> the whole trip. Yeah, we were still shucking the corn too then, but that's pretty funny. But we did crab. We had the little the little things where you spool your line out with the little, and we'd put the little chicken liver stuff on it that they'd bought us. And yeah, yeah, little blue crabs wild i didn't wait a minute that you you brought in a uh i don't think that was i'm still standing now that i think about it because i think that song came a little bit later so you gotta get your facts right because you just totally ruined a great story no but it was an elton john song Mm, i'll have to revisit that but i'm still crabbing really works so if you just like want to go back and change history i'm okay with it um I'm still crabbing. Next episode, we'll do a little... Um, we'll do a... We'll figure we'll, that out. We'll do fact checks on ourselves at the beginning. Yeah. Say, we lied about this in- hey, accidentally. We, hey, we won't be the first podcast yeah. to have to do that. Let me tell you. So, while we're still talking about Every Breath You Take and um, the Synchronicity album, the one that I picked was Synchronicity 2 by The Police. And um, here's why I love it. Here's what I remember about it. And, and and here's here's what like really drew me in. So it had the coolest video ever. So it was the whole. It starts out with you know, with Sting. It's post apocalyptic. Sting is hanging from a wire. He's wearing this uh, ratted out red Michael Jackson uh, leather suit. And he's got the hair, the wild, uh, you know, bleach blonde hair. This would have been around the same time he was doing the Dune movie too. Yeah, be- this this would be around the same time where I wanted to be Sting. Oh yeah, who was? I mean, you know, you just—I mean, you look at this. For guy. One thing, you have just that one name. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't know he was such an ass. Apparently, I've gone back and watched, read some books, and watched some documentaries, and yeah, uh, there, he's a big reason why the police didn't make it. Um, and Andy Summers, pretty seems like he was a pretty good, level-headed guy. Stuart Copeland, eh, he's kind of an ass too. So there was the friction. There was there was some friction there, but. Um, no, this was just, uh, that's the first thing that got me, the video, cool video. Um, and, and in that intro, you, of course you've got, you know, Stuart Copeland up on this big mountain of junk and he's playing these crazy looking It's like drums. the day after. Yeah. Yeah. But with this police playing a really cool song. Yeah. 
and yeah and and right and and the day after was mad max world yeah uh, and and andy and summers scared the crap out of this world at that point in the 80s too yeah so andy summers was playing this like weird futuristic one string guitar in there he's up on a pile of junk i could play like, that guitar <laughs> Uh, that you just stole it. I was going to say the only guitar you could ever play. Oh wow, you're going to bust on me. <laughs> I was. I'm glad I pre-busted on myself and stole your thunder. Oh man, that's, um, that's fine. There's a reason I sing in the band and you don't. So kiss my butt. But yeah, I mean, who didn't? I mean, okay. So I'm sure I'm going to get a one-string guitar now. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people that knew or thought that Sting was an ass. But uh, what 11 year old didn't think he was cool and wanted to be? Yeah. I mean, I did. And, you know, the, the, the whole premise of the song, I didn't really, I had no idea what it was about when I was a kid. You know, it's like on the one hand, you've got this um, husband and father who's just slogging through life and, you know, the the mother-in-law and the wife and the kids and, you know, it sounds like he wants to kill himself. We learned all that later. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense now. <laughs> we lived it all later. <laughs> right? It's just, Yeah. That's what happens. It's, yeah. You know, it's kind of like Jack and Diane. It's about perspective. Yeah. You know, it's just like Jack and Diane was a cool song back then, but it really means something but to me But it was actually now. a very nihilistic song. <laughs> yeah. It's like life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. It's in that vein. Yeah. It's just like, oh. It is. Here, here, here's, here's real life. I didn't know that then. But you, you had all that on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you had, um, you know, a monster that rises to the surface from the bottom of a dark Scottish lake and which is you know kind of a reference to the Loch Ness monster and that's 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 I, I guess you know in a way that's the synchronicity of it you know the two things happening at once they don't have anything to do with each other but they're happening in you know in synchronicity and so which is I don't know I guess that's I don't I guess that's cool um kind of a good idea for a song or whatever yeah why not but um you know, uh, just uh, just a cool song. I I, I I like it. You know, it was it was um, you know, it was one of their one of their upbeat kind of rocking little songs. It sounded uh, you know quite a bit like some of their older. I mean, a lot of their songs would kind of repeat and sound like each other. Um, but for me, it was it was just that whole summer, this whole album. The time that we spent at the beach with our cousins, the only time we ever, you know, did anything like that, and it was kind of the soundtrack of that summer, with, without a doubt. And I'm still going to figure out what that freaking song was that um, that I can't think of. I'm still crabbing. That's still killing me. Yeah, no, I just, while you I were hope t- that's what it was. No, while you were talking a second. It, no, it was. I thought it wasn't. I just, I finally just loaded it up. It was July the 3rd, 19. 19- 1983 boom it would have it would have been like really like in hot rotation on the radio at that point then yeah we'd have right it probably heard it like five times on the way down there and back yeah because we probably went in august yeah so it was it oh, was yeah. oh it, it was very out there in the front thank you know i think i think you made me second guess myself thanks why i don't know because you're sitting there i never said anything man Okay. Well, that, that I was I was rooting for it to be still crabbing. Well, we are still crabbing, damn <laughs> We're it. Still crabbing. All right. So that that gets the end of the list. So um, are we going to chance ruining the the audio of this podcast and make it like the first two runs and let you do the a song or two where I was trying to make you 
replace what was the song know. that's what i'm trying to think because I, I feel like that may maybe like like the curse of the mummy i don't believe in curses go on do it what, i think what, the first the your first, first honorable mention through, my first honorable mention i had to i'm like you put a girl on your list and i have three daughters so i'm like total girl power guy anyway and i'm like i should have had some girls on here but if i'm going to have some girls in there i think i told you the first time it's going to be hard you know heart was great in the 70s that's really the real heart that would not be the one I would ever pick. Thank you. Um, it would be more of like a. It's a loan, right? It's a loan. Yeah, it's gonna, be, it it's gonna be like walking, walking through stained glass windows without cuts and stuff. You know, cool stuff like that. And, and I just love Ann Wilson's voice to this day. I think she's one of the greatest female rock pop voices. She's, you know, she just has a fantastic voice. I mean, I can listen to her sing. You know, you hear people say that corny stuff. Sing the the phone book, whatever. Because she just, she just could do it. Of course, she had Nancy going around doing samurai kicks and playing the three chords she knew and acting cool and all that. But you know, it was more about that whole sound with Anne, you know, singing. So I was like, if I had to pick an honorable mention and get a girl in there, it would have to be something by heart. Alone, um, you know, that one's That's these song. dreams, one of those, something like that. Oh God, stuff that my kids love. Not you know. these dreams. I, I can go with alone. Even though that's the song that Kate, uh, Katie, Carrie Underwood used, and probably won American Idol for that, that, that kind. I of, didn't know that because I wasn't a big American Idol fan like you were, Paula. I mean, that song kind of helped her out. I mean, yeah. she's she's doing pretty good. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I can't, probably the most successful alum from that show ever. I mean, I'd, I I could do well to never hear that Jesus take the wheel. And thing. definitely, if I had another honorable mention, it would be anything by George Michael. So, okay. Anything. Anything but um, I'm with you. Careless Whisper, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, um, Father Figure. Yeah. I mean. One More Try. Yeah. I Kissing mean. a Fool, Monkey. Anything because those are sex, definite, definitely. And I, and I really wrestled and almost put one in there. But, hey, well, there's my, that's my two honorable mentions. What would your two honorable mentions we'll try be? Not to go, we'll try not to go too far down the road there with George Michael because I think that could be an episode one could day. Could be a full episode, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm randomly looking at a list just because I don't know. Just because not? you're on the spot and didn't know you're going to have to have two honorable mentions. Well, um, we didn't do a Madonna song, so oh yeah, you know, just like a prayer. That's my favorite Madonna song, actually, from that time period. That that could easily have made my list. Uh, of Especially with all the controversy and everything that happened with it, you talk about a big kind of brouhaha over a song and it's a good song <laughs> yeah um so i could i could put that one in there um, good honorable mention or yeah so like a prayer um i think i said just like a prayer i don't know you why. did well that's the, well, that's that's actual that's the lyrics words. yeah you, you went like lyrical on it yeah um what what else what's another good one like that nobody we built this city on rock and roll <laughs> are you making your rotten tomatoes honorable mentions worst song ever i know and it's so funny my kids love it they're like that's so 80s i'm like yeah it's so bad the worst song ever 
Um, I always would say I mean, we built Gate City on rock and roll. I'm like you didn't what? build Gate City on anything. <laughs> we built Gate City. Uh, you know, I, I think about stuff like, um, so those of you who don't know, there was a, a, a teen club here called Rascals that was for, um, they had like a middle school night and a high school night. And it's basically like a nightclub for, uh, for teens, no, you know, no drinks. They had a little movie theater and a dance floor and all that. And so, I always think about stuff, you know, that that was playing there, like um, "Oh Sheila" by um, Ready for the World. They always played that. They had their, they had, they um, had all that dance music that was kind of separate from the radio that made its own separate impression you know, on they, me. They, they played a lot of the early hip hop, like like "Jam on It," and then they had like um, "L.A. Dream Team" and Beastie Boys. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the first hip hop I ever heard was in that club because. The guy that DJed apparently was able to get that stuff. Yeah, he was up there spinning it too. I mean, he was really spinning records yeah. and. Um, so I, you know, I'd, I would probably, I would probably, you know, go with some of that stuff. Um, some of that dance music, you know, like some uh, Atlantic Star. I will love you always, forever. Oh my God, that that is another one from no. from I the, from the Rascals, slow dance to from that the Rascals one. days. Yeah, I'm like spin that Atlantic Star, man. Yeah, so I didn't really give you another song, but kind of a collection there of of, of some I'll stuff. take that as a yeah. I understand what you're saying when you talk about the music that was played there. Oh yeah. That so that could encompass a, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've kind of reached the end. Um before we go, I just want to thank everybody for listening and uh also um let you know where you can find us. You can find us on iTunes now and should be able to get us anywhere. You get your podcasts. Uh, you can uh, find us on the web at audiobiopc.com. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find our audio biography, the podcast uh, Facebook page. And we're also on Twitter, audiobiopc. That's at audiobiopc. Uh, You've been busy, Rich. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm trying to get this. Um, I just want to, like, like I said in a post on Facebook today, I just want to um, just want to share our love of music with other people who love music, and and we'll get some really fun people in here with us too coming up. So. That's what I was going to say. To that end, I, I I know a lot of different people that I'm that I'm going to have um, come in and sit with us, and those that can't, I'm going to it might kill me to figure it out and figure out how to you know remote User technology wizardry remote them in, and uh, yeah, we got. A lot of cool shows coming up. Um, we should have our dad on here with us soon. That's going to be fun. Uh, we've we've uh, got a lot of different things we can talk to him about. Um, that may end up we may end up re- recording a couple of hours and do a, a two parter on that because might have to. You know, once dad gets going, he can spin a yarn now. Yeah, yeah. We can probably say that right now. We're we're almost an hour and a half into this podcast. He won't listen to us this long. Yeah. We can talk. We can say. We can talk we left any. Him behind we can talk any junk about him right now. He's asleep in his chair want. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can say all the bad stuff about him we want because he's never getting to the end of this podcast. That's a challenge, Dad. Hope you're listening. All right. So I'm Rich. I'm Rob. And we are Audiobiography. We'll check you out next time. Peace. Peace.